Welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmadge, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, post it on Facebook, snap it out, be sure to leave a review. And now without further ado, I bring you season two. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Welcome back, Between Two Blue Devil listeners, to another very special episode. Today, I'm sitting across from the ever-wonderful Mrs. Keiko. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and thank you very much for that. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, We were just discussing how we had been neighbors last year Mm -hmm. in the same hallway in the West Wing, and then because of COVID, we get spread out throughout the entire building. And then next year, we're going to have our own reunion. We're all getting moved back, and I'm not going to lie, I'm super excited about that. I am super excited for everybody to come back into the hallway. It's nice seeing the eighth grade teachers um, and actually putting, I've heard their names over the few years I've been here. I go, but now to actually meet them and see who they are, um, they've been wonderful down there, but I'm ready for my family to come back to my hallway. <laughs> well, we are ready to move back home for sure. Uh, one thing about the eighth grade hallway that I, I've noticed is that it's quite colorful mm-hmm. now that they're able to use the lockers as extra bulletin board space. Uh, you get to see a lot of a lot of neat things on the walls. Yeah, and actually that's one of the things I'm going to miss. Like, I'd be okay if the kid, I mean, most of the kids don't use their lockers. But I would love to see more of that stuff on there. I really like seeing it. It's been fun to see their projects and, um, you know, especially uh, their dinosaur project. I think Those were cool. Did. That was really cool. Those were really I was really sad to see them take that down. And then I, I was walking down the hallway, moving stuff from here into my other room, and I heard their science teacher out in the hallway talking to one of them about dinosaurs and DNA and the whole genetic makeup of dinosaurs and how they could resurface and you know all of this and i'm like man they're they're learning some neat stuff down there yeah well that and they go out they go outside a lot and do a lot of projects out there so i've really enjoyed watching that because then it makes me think okay what else can i do outside to get us out there um however they did still go outside and walk all winter long i'm not doing that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I did see when i would be out you know i could see them sometimes walking right through the windows here to my left we have a whole strand of windows and uh, i'm like oh my gosh there's snow on the ground it's flurries and there are eighth graders you know i think by the time they get to us you know when they're juniors and seniors they they can refuse to do that yeah and, uh, but um, yeah, we are super excited to get down there again and to be reunited. I mean, I love being in that hallway because not only does it smell really good, <laughs> but then there's always good stuff being made in your classroom. And I, you know, I'm always getting samples. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners what it is that you teach in this uh, at, here at Talmadge High School? Well, I teach. It's called Family and Consumer Sciences. Um, and Guidance and I have been working and we really got it figured out 
Um, so pretty much every other year I'm teaching different courses. Um, there's a couple of courses that will remain every year, but for the most part, um, stuff that I'm teaching next year, I'm not teaching the following year. Um, so which is kind of fun. So like I <clears throat> can never really get complacent with things. Yeah. Um, which is nice. So like next school year, I'll teach a college and career readiness class, which um, was brand new this school year. And um, I teach it with uh, Mr. Subek, and we have the kids each for a quarter. Um, when I have them with me, uh, especially uh, first quarter, we're really focusing on uh, applying for college, filling out FAFSA. I mean, really, these are things kids are doing anyways. Yeah. We're doing it in the classroom, and they get credit for it. You know, so you're doing your essays, you're filling out the Common App, or if you're just applying for one school here or there. Um, we still do a college um, research, a career research. Um, making sure that you know the school we're going to um, or if we're going to do an internship or apprenticeship that we're on the right path and getting started with those um, how we're going to pay for college if you know some of us are fortunate enough and parents are going to pay for it some of us have to work through school so mm -hmm. how do we make that happen um, you know we look at um, spending plans you know bring in a copy of your paycheck now let us look at that let's mm. see, let's plan a budget if you were going to move out, can you afford to move out on what you're making right now? Because a lot of us, when you're an adult, you have to be able to um, live on what you make right now. And if you can't live on that, okay, so what's the next step? What's the plan? Okay, so... That's just that class. That's just that. Uh, <laughs> that class is... that. That's amazing. I, I wasn't really even fully aware. I mean, you hear, okay, I'm teaching a... Uh, college ready, readiness class where you hear the different titles but you never really get in I never really get into the nuts and bolts of what those classes are about and and hearing what you're describing that is just so important well and then next year we're also bringing back a class that hasn't been taught in a while <clears throat> um, it's called personal financial management mm. uh, and that'll be taught next spring and um, that one you can get college credit for um, but the cool thing about that, that we're going to, in there, you're going to learn how to, um, well, you know, all the banking stuff. Yeah. We're going to pull, um, you're not going to pull your own into, uh, credit score, but we're going to, I have a, a lesson with credit scores. We're going to um, pick those apart so that you understand what your credit score is and, you know, um, good credit versus bad credit and what can affect you. And if you have um, a dispute, how do we rectify that? Um, we learned how to do, that was the kind of the fun thing this semester. Um, everybody wanted to learn how to do their taxes. So I did a whole lesson on really? taxes. I should have sat in on that. Um, yeah, which was, <laughs> well, I'm so afraid they're gonna change the tax laws. I'm like, no, <laughs> I got this one down. Um, so we, we'll do taxes, wow. um, the credit, we'll learn investing. Um, and it's and that class is all geared to you personally and financially and things that you need to do. How to balance a checkbook and all that? Yep, we'll actually do that. A lot of kids already have accounts. Um, even though they use their debit cards, I still go back and um, you have to balance a um, mm -hmm. checkbook. You have to do the reconciliation at the end to make sure everything matches. Um, whether or not you're going to do a paper and pen, you should still know how to do right. it that way. So let me see, is uh, a popular strategy that you teach on how to you know, manage your and balance your account, it, does that involve you know, going to the ATM and plugging in your number and praying that you at least have $10 left in there? Yeah, we'll do and that. then when you get back, get your receipt that says you are down like $2, and then you're like, oh crap, I should probably, because that, that was my whole method through college. <laughs> so I could have used your class. <laughs> 
Oh man, overdraft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, even my bank, um, we belong to a credit union. And it says right on the front of the ATM machine, uh, you might um, be approved and still with um, overdraw your account. And I'm like, oh, that's a scary little statement, right? It there. is. Kids are like, oh, sweet. I can still get money for the weekend. And then, ah, it cost me twice as much. But um, So we'll have those classes next year. Transitions is coming back, which is usually a freshman, sophomore class, which is nice. And that's really to get them focused on what's happening in high school and then how to prepare some for their future. Uh, Nutrition and wellness um, is back um, this semester. Well, this semester we're done. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> next school year, going back, I'm very excited. Um, but I spend my, uh, I'm trying to think, was there, oh, and interior design comes back next year. Wow. So then the following year, culinary global foods, um, uh, culinary global foods and um, child development will come back the following year. So it's really kind of nice. So if a kid doesn't get something freshman year, well, they could get it junior year. Mm-hmm. Or sophomore and senior year, so it works out pretty nice. That um, so my well, my daughter, child development was what she had you for, right? Yes. Yeah, and just clarifying because you have all these different classes. I'm like, oh man, I hope I can remember which one my daughter. She just finished. Yeah. Uh, she loved it, and she shared so many of the cool things that you were doing. Uh, I was a little disappointed that she missed out on giving birth to a ping pong ball. I yes. saw that. <laughs> kids were like, they came into class like, you want to watch a cool video, Mr. Horner? Like, we gave birth in class. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so, I called it uterus day. <laughs> uterus day. And the kids, they were funny. And it is, um, that class is actually really fun. And unfortunately, due to our, the situation, the every other day, there's so many things that we just did not get to yeah. do in that class. And, um, but yeah, um, and I do call it uterus day because they do, they blow up the balloon and the ping pongs. And then um, if their balloon would pop, that um, simulates a C-section. So they have <laughs> to do surgery and get it out. But nobody's popped this year. So, um, but, but it's hysterical too because they'll pop and then the ping pong balls just fly all <laughs> over. And they're chasing down their babies. And I'm like, oh, get your baby. Uh, that's so funny. Um, the best day though, um, I don't know if she told you this, they, they came in, this was earlier on in the semester, they came in and I said, okay, I go, everybody, I go, I need you all to pretend for a second. And they're like, okay, and I go, you, you were all just in, and Kelsey's class was all females, where the other class I had males in there, but, um, but her class was funny. Hmm. Um, I said, you guys all just came back from the bathroom, and they're looking at me, and I go, <coughs> I go, now this is for pretend, you guys understand, this is for, for, for pretend, and they're looking at me, and I go, you're all pregnant. <laughs> every one of them, their eyes bulge, and they're looking at me, and I go, who's the first person you tell? Oh. And, um, and it was interesting because I wanted a, a different, re- yeah, because I've done yeah. something similar before, but never really got a reaction out of it. Mm-hmm. And so t- that time I got a reaction, hmm. and you know, who was the first person you tell? And you know, a couple people said my mom, my grandma, one girl said I'm running away. Um, only one person said the father. Hmm. And I thought it was just interesting, the, the different answers. Um, and so the next day when I did it with the room with the fellas and I said, okay guys, I go, your girlfriend just told you this. I go, same thing, your reaction. Um, you know, um, and then I remember talking to the kids. I go, now don't go home and tell them Mrs. Keiko all said you're pregnant. I, go, <laughs> I don't need phone calls. <laughs> what I like so much about that though is um, understanding 
different situations and how people have to struggle through really difficult choices, right? Yeah. So when, uh, you know, to have kids think about what, what would you do if you had to tell, tell somebody that or think about somebody that may be confronted with that decision, right. it kind of it makes it real to them and they understand that uh, it's, I mean, that's a serious issue yeah. and there's a lot involved with it. Right, and then we went on and, and talked, you know, and then we talked about it more. Now, at the time when we started this semester, I did have a young lady in the class who had a um, toddler. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had talked to her before um, when I had found out that um, she had her little sweet one. Yes, um, and I, I think I know who you're talking about. She's a sweet little girl. Yes, and I asked her, I said, how comfortable are you with sharing? And she goes, I'll share anything. Yeah. And so that was really kind of cool. So, um your daughter's side uh, on the blue days they got to hear that from mm -hmm. her I mean the gold kids didn't um, but and that's okay um, but it was interesting having the two classes and comparing um, you know the blue kids as I call them uh, they had the little girl in there and could share her story where the gold kids um, they were more interested in going deeper into the conversation mm -hmm. so I'd have really liked to see both groups together yeah um, it would have just been a spectacular class um, but just for clarification for our, our listeners, if this is the first episode you've caught, we've been on a hybrid schedule mm -hmm. this year, and it's broken up by alphabet, and so they're broken up into two teams, the blue team and the gold team, with the goal of having kids in front of a teacher five out of ten, ten days, uh, five out of every ten days. And, um, you know, it is interesting, and I was actually reflecting on this the other day, about how each day and every block they're all just so very different. Uh, and, you know, I interviewed my first block, Gold Team, psychology class, and there were a couple episodes ago, and they're like really you know, like deep thinkers and very philosophical, and they, they can expound on a, on a question for an hour, right? And then their counterpart, they're very different. Mm -hmm. they're, they're more um, kind of loose and, and kind of happy-go-lucky, and we still have great conversations, but it just goes a different direction. It's like two completely different preps. So I see what you're talking about, blue and gold, no matter what block. It's almost like you have, uh, you know, six classes instead of three. Well, and I always tell the kids, I go, I go every class is its own personality. Mm -hmm. I go, and it's due to the makeup of the class. And, um, and, and uh, I can't remember now which block it was off the top of my head, but there's some, I, I like that they were split because um, I don't know if I would have gotten as much out of each group if they had been together. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I would have gotten more. Maybe you know, I, I don't know. But um, I will say that part of it I kind of liked because yeah. it was just interesting to see and such different takes on things. A lot of times, my classes sometimes can be thirty kids. Yeah. And um, and then I have to deal with trying to get people to talk because now yeah. there's so many people in there they're not as willing to talk where with the smaller groups yeah you know, it's a little more intimate um, they're a little more comfortable in sharing so for me it's been an affirm uh, it's been reaffirming to me to continue to invest in kids because I've had a, I've had a lot of kids who had we been all together not only might some of them been really introverted and quiet but it might have been the opposite as well I might have had more discipline problems but some of the kids who you know had the reputation of being a little bit difficult to handle were separated from some of their other friends and for them it was an opportunity really to um, kind of step out on a limb and just share about themselves and I've, I've, I've liked that aspect of it yeah 
You know what I found interesting? Not once this year did I hear one student say, I can't stand up there and present in front of my class. Mm -hmm. uh, every single one has gotten up. It, you know, it doesn't, none of the other stuff came into play. Granted, I start off, um, I think a little easy with my presentations. They can stand right at their seat. They only have to look at the person sitting next to them yeah. and talk to them. Um, but uh, so I just found that interesting that one single person this year ever said anything about having to come to the front of the room and present, like, yeah. which was kind of neat. It, that's one of the things I love about your class. There's so many projects and presentations involved. And you know, I would argue that being able to present an idea in front of a group comfortably is just as valuable of a tool and skill as managing your, your debit account and all of that other stuff because you have to be able to represent yourself well. And you do a great job of just, you know, I, I like how you chunk it, start off small and then just kind of increase the expectation. Uh, you scaffold it that way and I think that's, that's brilliant teaching. Thanks, I never thought of it that way. Well, it's late in the day. And... Train of thought, right <laughs> out of my head. Well, let me ask you this. Could you share with our audience, um, how long have you been teaching, and where did you start? What inspired you to become a teacher? Um, well, this is my third career. Really? Yeah. Third career. So I was in food and beverage for 15 years, uh, 15 plus years. Um, I uh, started as a bartender, thanks to my grandma. <laughs> She got me my first bartending job. Uh, anyways, I ended up there, um, was an event planner for probably 10 years. I've owned my own catering company, my own event, wedding event planning. Wow. Um, my specialties, when I worked for the hotels and restaurants, my specialties were weddings and Christmas parties. Um, so um, that's what I did there. Um, my, I did that until my kids were school age and starting sports, and I left that because Weddings are Thursdays through Sunday. Mm -hmm. They're not just, you know. It's not just one dinner. couple yeah. hours, yeah. You, especially when you work in a hotel. You got people coming in all week. Um, and, you know, Thursday night there could be something depending on who's there. Friday's rehearsal, Saturday's the wedding, Sunday's there's the brunch, and then everybody's leaving. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Christmas parties, uh, depending on where I worked and how many rooms I have, I would have Christmas parties every single day. So. Mm -hmm really starting in November through the middle of January. I hmm. was never home. It was basically seven days. But anyways, um, so I left that because um, uh, I wanted to try something different and I wanted to be home when my kids were home because um, I was never uh, home. Uh, so I went into home building <laughs> and I was the sales manager for the Portage Division for Wayne Homes. And really? I did that. Yeah. So I had my sales team and we had um, our division, my division went from um, up by Lake Erie, Ashtabula and stuff, all the way down to, uh, shoot, I don't even remember now. I'd have to look at a map. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we had that whole division. I had four salespeople and we would sell um, new, new homes uh, that people can't see. So I've always kind of chuckled that, you know, when people are going through the big things in their lives, weddings, you can't see or touch a wedding till the day of. Mm -hmm. you know, this is what I used to sell. Then I would go into new construction. Nothing exists. I'm selling you, you know, a piece of paper and a vision. Yeah. Um, so again, I was doing that. I even worked for a um, cemetery uh, funeral home in Akron, only for three months. <laughs> 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 I wasn't very good at that job. <laughs> I ask way too many questions. <laughs> I actually, 
my, I remember the time I was just a salesperson there, my manager kicked me out of a meeting. Um, <laughs> but it was just too interesting, the person that had passed away. Oh. Um, no disrespect, but it was, I wanted to know more. Wow. Um, That's funny. I can see witness, that. You're very inquisitive. Well, he yeah. was in the witness protection program. Oh, really? And the daughter had asked, see? I mean, yeah, well, yeah. The, the daughter said, which name do we put on his stone? And this is when this all comes out. And I go, well, what did he do? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, how can you not ask? That's when I got kicked out. So <laughs> I wasn't allowed to talk to her. Violation before. of some <laughs> protocol there. But, I mean, she... Uh, now, don't get me wrong. She hadn't seen her dad in 30 years right. um, because of that, because she did not go into right. the You were sensitive program. to the situation. You were a professional. You you could you could catch we'll, up on uh, we'll the, the vibe of what's going on. Um, but um, So anyway, so I, I wasn't there for long. But um, again, it was selling something you don't need until you need it. Yeah. Um, but um, so anyways, when I worked for the home business, the marking, uh, that home uh, the home, the home market, crisis, yeah. Yeah, it crashed, and so did my um, cushy job and fabulous salary. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find something to do. I had been a cheer coach and a volleyball coach. Okay. My children went to, my oldest two went K through 8 to St. Pat's and Kent. Okay. Um, Preston only went through second grade. That was it. Um, and, uh, but, uh, so they went there, and I had been coaching there, and uh, funny enough, when I was little, my best friend and I, um, we would play school. And I was always the history and English teacher. And nice. she taught math and science. <laughs> and our sisters were our students. So I got her sister and she got my sister. Um, and this is even terrible too. Uh, the kids know I, I will joke about dumpster diving. But when Chrissy would come spend the night, that was my best friend. When she would come spend the night at my house, I lived right next door to the school. And so when it was summer break, the teachers would throw away all of their oh, yeah. workbooks. And so Chrissy and I <laughs> would go dumpster diving, pull out all the old workbooks and textbooks and stuff, and then we could play school with our sisters. That is awesome. So that was, so I think I <laughs> It was, was written in the stars <laughs> that you were supposed to be in the classroom. I just took the long way to get here. That's so. so but then I, okay, so um, 2010, I got my master's in education. Um, I was at Ritztown for just a quarter. Unfortunately, okay. I took over for a teacher that had um, brain cancer. Hmm. Um, and uh, and she no longer could work, so I took over for her. And uh, we knew that her position wasn't going to be there the following okay. year, so um, that everybody was clear on. Um, the following year um, after that, so I think that was 2011. No, 20, 20, 20, 12, 20, 2011. Um, that fall, I got hired Falls. Okay. Um, and I was there for one year. Um, the at the high school? At the high school. Right. The teacher that was there, she was out on maternity <clears throat> leave, and we thought it was, uh, the contract was kind of weird. She got like two years off or something, mm. or three years, I don't remember. Um, we thought it was her last year and that she had to make a decision. Well, it wasn't. Okay. Um, and we had to look up the revised code and see all this kind of stuff. But anyways, um, so I worked there for the um, for that year. So I had my um, classroom there. And then um, uh, this position had opened up. And so uh, Christy Conley, the fourth grade teacher, she used to be my neighbor. Okay. Um, she had told me about it and I applied. And um, lucky enough, I fooled Mrs. DiCapua and Mr. <laughs> Householder and they let me come here. <laughs> so, That's, hey. Um, that's that's what it takes, but right? I was very excited. I just remember um, 
in my interview, I just remember there and Mrs. DeCappy was sitting next to me and uh, I don't remember the question. I just told her, I said, I go, I don't want anybody to cry when I'm homecoming queen this year. <laughs> and I, and I, just, I just remember her sitting there laughing about it. And um, um, so <laughs> then they, they called, she said, would you like to be a blue devil? And I go, yeah. And I went home and I told my husband, I go, I wasn't that cute? I go, she called and asked if I wanted to be a blue devil. And um, he's like, yeah, and Preston at the time, who's 17, he was younger and he goes, he goes, mommy, he goes, aren't the blue devils bad? And I go, no, honey, that's the red devils. Go, the blue devils are the nice ones. Because <laughs> we had just played in one of the games, um, my older kids, and we had just played Crestwood. <laughs> Crestwood, the yeah, devils. there you go. And that's why I told him that. He was They're the bad ones. They're the bad ones. We're the only devils around town that are good. Yes. Uh, you know, a city known for their churches. churches. <laughs> Which I always find I so know, funny. It is funny. So I, I think it's really interesting when you look at your, your previous careers and then how you're here. And one of the things you men, mentioned is that you're, you were always kind of selling something you couldn't see and didn't know you needed it until you needed it. And that's really what your class is right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they're learning these skills and they're hands-on, but you're really projecting forward to adulthood where they're gonna have to then apply them and, and be able to, um, you know, to be able to, to survive. Right. You know, and, and so I think that's just amazing how that pattern has continued. Take a moment and just kind of describe your classroom to our listeners. What's a day like in your classroom, COVID and pre-COVID? always seems um, I don't know I always feel like when people walk in my room that it's always just crazy in there regardless of what I'm doing I can be standing at the room going over a slideshow or I can be working with somebody um, at their seat we could be in lab um, I just I just think it always from anybody coming in to, uh, standing outside looking in it just has to look like a circus in there because <laughs> <laughs> there's always stuff going on yeah. and, Every once in a while, one of the kids will do something. I'll be just like, oh, what did you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you there have been times where I've been walking by the hallway and a noodle will come flying out of the room or or a spatula or something like that. There, and what amazes me, I think, sometimes, and I think it's what I enjoy about um, teaching is what I learn from the students because it's interesting to me how they see things differently. I think as adults we get too focused in on this is how it should be so this is how it's going to work mm -hmm. and the kids come along and all of a sudden they see it a different way and I just kind of look at them and I go oh I never thought about it that way or you know I never and so I always find that kind of interesting sometimes they think a little too far out of the box and I say no <laughs> stop that <laughs> um, but um, I think it's fun too like I had a, a kid today um, for my second block, Global Foods, they got to remake uh, a recipe that we've already made. And I had one kid, uh, he took on the one recipe that he wanted to do. It was a Nepali recipe and called Momo. But he took it and he wanted to play with the ingredients and adjust it. Because mm -hmm. um, they made it the first time and it was really salty and um, you could taste a lot of cumin in it. And so today, him and I were talking about it and I told him that I made the recipe the other day playing with the ingredients too okay. and um and he he came in and that's what he did today and I said oh you go okay how did this come out um and I really like that I like when kids um I get some kids that are afraid to try um I mean 
not try to make the recipe, but they're afraid that if they don't follow that recipe exactly, they're going to mess up mm -hmm. or never failed anybody because they burnt something. I mean, it happens. Oh, I, I struggled in that very same class. I, I was the kid who somehow managed to not cook spaghetti, boil spaghetti the right way. Uh, well, I had somebody do that with macaroni and cheese. Yeah. They yeah, put didn't... the cheese on the hard noodles and then they <laughs> ate it. They go, why is it so hard? I'm looking, I go, you didn't cook your noodles. Yeah. I'll have um, to tell you that story someday. But um, I do like that when the kids are willing to come in and experiment. And I tell them, I go, cooking's Fun. I go get your hands in there you know play with it you know experiment try things um, um, you know well that puts some chronology to our uh, <laughs> our day to our day uh, it's interesting when I hear you you talk about extending grace and um, giving them an opportunity to experiment and, and to fail. I'm reminded of William Buckkey's um, address at graduation the other night. That young man, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to, to it, to it but one of the things he talked about, it was his whole graduation speech was about the effect and the role that teachers had played in his life. And one of the things that he appreciated so much about teachers at Talmadge High School and throughout the district is that they allowed kids to experiment, they allowed kids to express themselves, to try, and he, it created within them, within our, we, we pro, uh, give an opportunity for kids to fail, but fail forward. And that, again, is one of those life skills that you're teaching by saying, all right, yeah, go ahead, experiment with some of the seasoning and, and some of the spices and see what happens. It may not taste the best, but guess what? Like Thomas Edison said, I haven't made a thousand and one mistakes. I figured out a thousand ways to do something differently, you know? And um, I, I really, I think as a, this is my personal opinion, as a society, um, we, we've kind of hurt kids. Pardon the interruption. Sophia Toast, if you could please come to the office. Sophia Toast. Two interruptions in one podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've, sometimes I, I think that we've hurt kids by not teaching them how to fail. Mm -hmm. How do you recover? Because uh, I've seen a lot of kids where they'll fail at something and then they just give up, shut down, they won't even try it again. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, just because that didn't work doesn't mean it won't work this way. Let's, mm -hmm. let's try this way. Yeah. Um, or try maybe, you know, another way, you know. Um, you know, and so I don't know, I, I like, I want kids to come in and try. And if you fail, fine, then how do we figure it out and make it better the next time around? Um, but I do believe in life you need to learn how to win gracefully and lose gracefully. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've always taught my kids. Yeah. Um, and then how do you move forward from either one? Yeah. You know? Such a valuable life lesson. And it's, uh, it's something that I think your story, as you, as you go back through and look at all of the many adventures you've been on <laughs> as far as careers and the things, I mean, it's a life that kind of models that you know, and being able to be flexible and willing to grow that growth mindset and, and just be willing to experiment and then take on challenges. I'm sure deciding to go in education wasn't an easy, an easy decision to make. No, it wasn't. And like, I can relate to those kids. You'll, you'll hear those kids. And when they come in my class and they say that, and I'll say, what do you want to do after you graduate? And they're like, I don't know. I said, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I go, look at me, three careers. I go, who knows what my fourth one will be? You know, I go, 
I go, I truly believe do what you love and when you don't love it anymore, get out. Mm -hmm. Because if you if you stay in it, you're just poison for everybody else. Yeah. And I, I don't like that. Um, so, you know, obviously right now I, I love teaching. I love what I do. So I'm, as long as they let me, I'm coming back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I've really enjoyed that here. And you just said something else I was going to um, comment on. I don't, oh, uh, my teaching. Um, after the housing market crash, um, and again, um, one of my things, you had asked for, like, piece of advice. And I, I've never done well with the word no. I've all, never done well when somebody tells me I can't do something. Mm -hmm. um, it, that just makes the stubborn person in me come out. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you tell me no, and I'll figure out 50 other ways I'm going to do it till you tell me yes. Um, and that's just who I am. And when I decided to come back into teaching, um, or no, not even into teaching, when I went back to go get my bachelor's degree, and uh, Chandler, Chandler, who's my 25-year-old, uh, he was three weeks old when um, I went back to mm -hmm. finish my bachelor's mm -hmm. degree. And um, I had gone to college in Atlanta. I went to um, Kent State for three semesters, and then I had ended up over at Akron. But when I was returning to finish my degree um, at Kent, and I was talking to the dean of the college, and it was a woman, no less, and, we had had a conversation I, uh, talking about what I wanted to do, and at the end of our conversation, this woman tells me that I should probably stay home and focus on my baby. And I was ticked. Wow. I was ticked. So from there, I went that day, literally hung up the phone. Um, at that time, my mom lived right next door. She came over. She watched the kids. I went to Akron. I put in for my admissions, I signed up for everything, I scheduled my classes that day, came home, started at Akron um, hmm. that fall, and um, I was on the dean's list every single semester through graduation, um, graduated with honors, I'll whatever, you know, have my ropes or everything. <laughs> um, and to this day, you know, I've always disliked, and I can't remember what that dean's name was, but I've always disliked that she ever said that, but sure. again, it was one of those things. It was a catalyst, but yeah. it was tough to deal with nonetheless. Yeah, and I always thought, you know, I always thought, well, maybe I should just make her a copy of all my little Dean's List cards and send them to her and say, this is what I can do, you know, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so there's a saying in my room that says up, uh, or that's hung up in there, and it says, um, I don't know it exactly off the top of my head, but um, anytime someone tells you that you can't do something, turn around and look at them and say, watch me. Um, and I truly believe that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And, and I think that's such a great story. I know you tell your students that, right? Yeah. Because I think not only do your students need to hear that, but then the young women that are sitting in your classroom need to hear that. That you know, you know, you can really push through any obstacle and accomplish and pursue your dreams. And uh, some of those old stereotypes that exist don't need to don't need to hold you back anymore. Right. You know that you can uh, you can do those things. I love it. I had a, a dean as well uh, remove me from a student teaching position, telling me I would never be a teacher. And I, I so I get it. I just wanna I just wanna send him you know like an email and just say, dude, I've been teaching for 23 years now, you know, and and here's here's where I'm at. Uh, but. Thank God that we have those catalysts in our lives to kind of push us. Yeah. So you uh, you mentioned uh, a couple of your kids. Tell us a little bit about your family. 
Um, well, I have my husband, so um, if anybody does the math, you're going to figure it out real quick. Um, <laughs> my husband and I just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary in January. In January. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, we laugh now because um, we now play a game every day. Um, you've heard of the Newlywed Game Show? Uh-huh. So we will ask each other questions, and, um, and we laugh because I go, how in the world are we married? We don't know anything about each other. Yeah. <laughs> and we laugh because we, we just play these stupid questions. Um, uh, but that's pretty cool. I mean, every day you're asking. Oh, yeah, and it's hysterical. I mean, one of the questions you had asked, uh, what's your favorite food? And so, and funny enough, my husband had just asked me that question one day last week, and I go, I don't know. He goes, he goes, well, if I had to guess, and I go, I go, what are you going to guess? I go, it depends on my mood. I go, today it could be pierogies, tomorrow it could be tacos. I go, this day it could be sushi, it could be tuna steaks. I go, I don't know. I go, I don't have a favorite food. You know, which led to favorite color. I go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so You're hard. just making this game difficult for him. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says, too. Um, but, uh, but when I flipped it on him, it was the same thing. It was like, well... So we couldn't even find one to default on. Like this would be our default food uh, or our default color. That's why you got to narrow it down. You got to say, okay, you are banished to an island with only one food for an indefinite amount of time. What's it going to be? Yeah, I'm not telling him that question. Yeah. And he is not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's your next question. In a couple of weeks, you'll have to answer, ask yeah. that one. Um, but I have um, my daughter, Haley, who's 27. Um, she's getting married this year um, in Hilton Head, so we're really, really excited. Hilton Head, wow. Yeah, so Destination Wedding, getting married at the Dunes House right on the beach. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, the Dunes House is actually a little restaurant that's on the beach, but they close it down, and we'll have the reception there. And so Sounds fantastic. Um, we're excited. Um, but she does have, uh, her and her fiancé have our first granddaughter, uh, Avery, who's three years old. Three and, years old? She's three already? Well, yeah, she'll actually be four in September. So, wow. But, um, and then my son, our oldest son is 25, and we now have a three, three week old um, new granddaughter, Sadie. Sadie. Um, it's a beautiful name. Uh, thank you. Um, and she's, right now she doesn't do anything, so we just like to hold her and look <laughs> at her. Um, and then when then, she starts crying, you're like, okay, there you go. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, she sleeps all the time because we asked them, we're like, are you guys getting enough sleep? Because um, I went and stayed like the first weekend with them just so that they could get some sleep. But after that, I go, do you guys need me to come back over so you can sleep? And they're like, they're like, no. They go, she's kind of boring. I go, why? They go, all she does is sleep. Like, we're not sleep deprived at all. And I go, oh, just wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, just give it time. <laughs> I go, She'll catch up. She'll make up for it. Um, and then we have, as the kids know, and I always talk about, um, and they make fun of me because I call him my Preston. <laughs> Preston is, uh, was our surprise baby. There's a nine to 10 year age gap between the oldest two and him. Um, so he's still the one at home. He's still the one that lets us be mom and dad, um, which, is, which is really cute. Um, he uh, was injured for football season, didn't get to play this year. Injured for basketball season, didn't get to play. Uh, so he's had a spectacular volleyball season. Um, which he almost went back and went to track this year, but I'm really glad that he stayed uh, with volleyball. Um, uh, so I, I love the fact that they have men's volleyball out there yeah. at Kent, and um, are they still playing right now? 
Yes, actually, last night was their last season game. Monday okay. we start um, tournaments. Okay, I thought tournaments were either going on right now or, or starting up here pretty soon. Yeah, so we start Monday night uh, tournaments. They played Hoban, uh, or they are playing Hoban. We've played Hoban already in the season, so um, fingers crossed we play as well Monday as we did all season with them. But um, yeah, so it's really exciting. And um, excuse me, it's it's. I'm glad that they offer that. It gives the kids another option, sure. and they're they're fun to watch. Um, and then he got um, he got nominated to go to Boys State. Oh wow! Um, Congratulations. Thanks. So we're that's really, a big deal. Yeah, um, we're really excited about that. So we've done all the meetings and everything. So he leaves June 13th. Okay. And he'll come home on the 20th on Father's wow. Day. Yeah. But um, so we're pretty excited about that he didn't even expect the nomination and then he just got some other nomination if he was going into the medical field and it's I don't know the guy's name but it's like this big honor and he's already got the certificate for nomination um, but you go and study um, and, uh, I'm sorry I don't really know a lot about it but it came from Harvard Wow! <laughs> and we were like what is this and Preston goes I want to be a doctor. I go, nobody says you have to be a doctor. Just, hey, just hold on to the certificate. That's quite an yeah. honor to be, uh, to even be nominated. So, and it even talks about that in the letter that they gave, and that's this huge packet that he got. And, um, and so we do have the, um, wow. the certificate and stuff, but it's really cool. So, that's so, so it was neat, and we have no idea where that came from or how we got nominated for that one. Um, so it's just like. Well, savor it, savor yeah. it, and, and enjoy it for sure. Um, as you reflect back on your time in the classroom, uh, what would you say would be one of your most valuable lessons that you've learned? Um, I learned this early on when I started teaching. Um, and I never really thought about it until I became a teacher. But everybody's not like me. And when I started teaching over at Ritztown, I was only there for a quarter. Um, I never really thought, I never really thought about other people's families. I mean, that sounds terrible. I never really thought of the, the yeah. dynamics of the family or home lives for other folks. My oldest two kids, like I said, they went to St. Pat's kindergarten through eighth grade and um, their families were just like our family. And so we lived in this bubble. We were all friends. Our mm -hmm. kids all played sports. Funny enough, um, there was a uh, there was, uh, Haley was in her class and all of her friends, uh, Chandler was not directly the year behind, but the year after that, um, a lot of the siblings were there. So mm -hmm. that made it kind of nice because our kids were all like best friends with the siblings and everything. And so we had our parent group. Um, and so having our kids go through the school, everybody was like us, Every, if, if that makes sense. I started teaching and discovered everybody's not like us. Mm -hmm. um, and I then, once I learned that, my daughter wanted to be a secondary ed history teacher, um, but her path has taken her a different route. And um, but then I told my kids, uh, I said, we we really live in a bubble. I go, we've we've raised you in a bubble. Mm -hmm. I said, and it's not because we did anything bad. It's just didn't know. And so that was the biggest lesson in teaching was you know just understanding that. And I, I try to, you know, talk about that in my classes too. You know, 
a lot of us take for granted that when we go home, we're going home to a home that has heat or air conditioning, and we have clothes that, you know, if we don't like what we're wearing, we can change and put something yeah. else on. We can throw our stuff in the washer. Um, when we open up the cupboard, a lot of us are opening up going, there's nothing to eat. But it's, it's packed. packed. Yeah. I go, and there's others of us that are opening up, and they go, we have nothing to eat. And there, there's maybe a cracker sitting there. Mm -hmm. I go, a single little cracker. I said, I go, that's the biggest thing that I learned. Um, and at Ritztown, the one thing that surprised me the most in my classes, um, how many kids were growing up in a single-family home, which I know that there's a lot of single-family homes. I grew up in a single-family home. My mom, uh, my parents had divorced when I was younger. But... Um, it wasn't because of divorce, it was because they had lost a parent to a death. Uh, and that was really surprising to hmm. me. Uh, and I don't know why that surprised me, but it, it really did, I guess, because I just never thought of it before. Um, so, and I try very hard, and this wasn't a lesson that I learned at school, I, try, uh, I learned this on my own. I try very hard not to judge people, mm -hmm. um, only because, and I've shared this with my um, students uh, a really good friend of mine um, who when our kids started she had a daughter as old as my daughter and she had a set of twins as old as my second child um, we had like looked at each other and instantly decided we did not like each other and did not speak for three and a half years um, and then we were forced to speak um, no actually four and a half years because we weren't forced to speak until um, the twins and Chandler went to second grade and she was the room mom and the teacher was out due to an emergency surgery uh, a couple days before school so I had her classroom for the first month hmm. and um, funny how those things work out yeah and then she became <coughs> one of my dearest friends and then unfortunately she had passed away hmm. uh, she passed away when the kids were um, so that was second grade so when the kids were about seventh grade really and she had passed away in um, and I, I tell my students to this day, I won't judge anybody. I go, because the lesson I learned from that was we wasted all those years. We could have been really good friends. Right. And wow. I didn't have her in my life because we decided we didn't like each other. Wow. Um, so, so that was the biggest lesson from there. So it wasn't really so much um, in the classroom. It was just in life. And so and I, and I, when I'm talking to the kids and since it, you know, now I look at everybody's, you know, everybody's situation so different, and I, I tell the kids that. I go, it's hard because people, naturally, we just judge. I said, but you got to put that to the side and get to know the person. I said, so I'm not interested in what you're wearing or how your hair is that day or whatever. I go, but I'm interested in you as a person. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I try not to judge anybody because I never know what their lesson is they're going to teach me. Because I think everybody teaches each other. You know how they say people come into your life for different reasons? Well, okay, why is this person brought into my life? Not just because he's assigned, he or she's assigned in my classroom, yeah. but they're there for a reason. So yep. what is it? I love yeah. that. I, I tell my students that every time, that, you know, opening week, I mean, you're each here for a reason. You could have gone a different direction. You could have been assigned to a different class, but you are here for a specific reason. And... Um, I love hearing you share that story. As you're talking, I'm reminded of one of our guests that I had a couple episodes ago, Mrs. Hedrick. She, she has their students do a project based on the book, The Things They Carried, a Vietnam War story. 
but then they do a reflection piece. And the first time I had a bunch of uh, sophomores in my academy and they were working on that, I, I asked my students, and these are on, this is honors English. All right, so these are the kids that you think have it all together, or they at least appear to have it all together. And these kids shared their stories with me and I literally sat in my classroom and I mean, I cried unashamedly. I'll tell you, I cried because I read about the things that they were carrying on the exterior. They looked like they had it together, but on the, the inside, their worlds were coming apart and they were falling apart. And, and, and that was an epiphany for me. It's like, you can't ever judge a book by its cover yeah. ever. You don't know what, what, what they're going through. And, and what they're struggling with and what life really is like at home and and what you know what these issues are um, I saw the emotion in your eyes as you were sharing your story about your friend and I, I wish our audience could see um, how genuine you were in sharing that that's the thing about your classroom that I love the most uh, when you walk by your room I'm starting to cry. I know it's <laughs> but that's okay I, I love that you love our kids. I love that you loved my daughter. Oh, uh, I love that you love the people that you've coached and that you've mentored and you've uh, you've been involved in. Uh, it's what makes you one of the best. Oh, it really does. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Interestingly, and I think Kelsey was one of them too. I think I was talking about that in the class. I go, to me, sometimes they get more out of that mm -hmm. than they do anything that I can be um, uh, having them read out of a book. Yeah. You know, because, you know, especially with the one little girl that was willing to share with her daughter. Yeah. Um, but then the kids learn uh, to get to know other people um, and see that. That's so, the, you know, that's one of the reasons why. I wanted to do this podcast, you know, the origin story, uh, which I know I've told our audience before, but I can remember a moment before we called it Between Two Blue Devils, where I called it Between Two Ferns, and I had a student sitting in my class, and this student on the exterior had everything together, and she just boldly shared her story with a class full. I mean, we had 25 kids in there, and she talked about how on the inside, depression and anxiety was destroying her to the point where she at one point you know contemplated taking her own life and when she said that out loud we put everything aside there was no curriculum getting done that day it became an opportunity for her to share her experience with those kids and then those kids you know sharing okay you know I've dealt with the same thing or I never knew and how can I be more aware and I mean for 80 minutes, we talked about what kids can do to be good people. In my transitions class, I have a, a, an assignment, um, I think it's called Social Issues That Affect Society, or I'd have to look at the title of it. Anyways, the kids research things that are um, happening 
um, in the world or things that it, they're experiencing. And a lot of times um, kids will do like sex trafficking or um, suicide and, and they can become very sensitive mm -hmm. conversations. Um, and I always have to talk with the kids, you know, this, this is taking place in our classroom. This is not for the lunchroom gossip. Mm -hmm. I go, this is, you know, here and, you know, to be sensitive because some people do share stories. And I had a young lady who, um, she was a, a ex-cutter and she did her whole project on how she used to be a cutter and, and she talked about you know everything that happens with that and how she felt um, what she did to come back from that and um, and i remember having a, because it was still kind of fresh it was within um, a year or six months of her stopping and seeking help to her doing this presentation and she said no she goes she goes i want to share because if i can help one person in our class, hmm. I'm good. Hmm. And she goes, and that's why I want to, and, and that was her whole reason for sharing yeah. her story. Um, you know, uh, none for 21 when the kids go to that, the seniors go, um, and, and there are some years that are so powerful and, and the kids will come back and they'll talk about them and talk about what they heard. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I said, I go, I go, as I've told you guys before, I go, the person sitting next to you, I go, we can all put on a show when mm -hmm. we come here. You have no idea what they're going through. Right. And they're sitting right next to you, and you think you know. Yeah. So, but. Well, I, um, I think that the reason you're able to engage in those conversations, I don't think I know, the reason you're able to engage in those conversations and dig deep and have an aura of confidentiality, uh, it's because of the culture that you've created, and it's because of your willingness to share who you are. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on here because I know that you do love our students. Uh, you don't just care about them, but you love them. You sacrifice a tremendous amount of time uh, being involved in their lives. Uh, they know who you are and uh, you know who they are and, um, and you've had an impact. And so I, I just wanna take this opportunity to thank you for sharing your story. Uh, there are a lot of people who are gonna be listening to this and they're gonna, they're gonna know what we know now uh, that you are truly an amazing teacher and an amazing person you. and you've been an amazing mentor to my daughter so I thank you oh, well you're welcome um, she was she was fun uh, I and as Kelsey and I've talked about it before I just wish I would have had her prior to her last semester senior year yeah um, so I'm hoping that Noah makes his way into my room at some point oh he'll be there <laughs> don't you worry that kid needs to learn how to cook and manage all kinds of financials and all of that so. I, I will tell you one of my favorite things though is um, when the kids will make something in class and then I will just get a random email or um, even kids that have graduated they'll send me a, a message and they'll say, this is what I made today. And sometimes I'll get a picture and I just crack up. And I used to do a, um, sorry, cause I know we were wrapping up. Um, I used to do a, um, a cookbook when I was at Cuyahoga Falls. And I've done it here a couple times. I actually did it this semester, but I had this one kid who complained every single day about making this cookbook. He hated it, didn't want nothing to do with it. And then about two years after, we're still friends to this day. He's a park ranger at the um, Grand Tetons, um, just got engaged. But um, when he, uh, two years after he um, graduated, he sent me a message through Facebook and he goes, he it was basically, he goes, you know that cookbook you made me make? And, I'm, and, uh, and he goes on and he goes, I use it every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Laughing. 
That right there is a bonus check for a teacher, isn't it? So I like it when I hear from the kids when they say, yeah, I still do this, or yeah. I run into them somewhere. That's say, awesome. So. Well, I thank you for joining us. I know this one's a, a longer one, but oh, guess sorry. what? This is the one that's going to be launched right at the beginning of summer break. So oh. uh, people will be uh, on vacation, sitting on the beach listening to this, or mowing their lawn, or uh, or whatever they do, and swinging in a hammock. Cleaning the and attic. Cleaning the <laughs> attic. But, um, Hey, listeners, thank you again for tuning in, and please be sure to share this story of this spectacular teacher. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next episode. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on, and also feel free to follow me on Instagram at at Mr. Horner the Teacher, or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.